0: need to know that we come here to fight every yeah. Wait, let's go boss i got that they shot me in Denver. You
1: we are back in wednesday edition of the program 303-831-1340 the hotline as well as the text line it's both so utilize it uh, you guys have been really good on it. We asked you, it's 420 today, so we asked you guys to get into our hunt today, you know, um, paying uh, our respects and homage to the great Irvin Joe, um, a, a stoner athlete, a former athlete who, again, was you'd associate with being a, a, a toker, so to speak. So we have uh, Kenny in from Fatty Bikes, and we're going to talk to Kenny here in just one second, but I uh, want to go out to the hotline and get our guy, Carlos, from Thunder Sports. Carlos, how are you, buddy?
2: Good, man. How are you doing?
1: Man, we're good. Um, how's how's your baseball team doing right now?
2: Uh, they're do- They're not doing too bad. Um, yeah. You know, we had one hiccup earlier the second game, but we're 2-1 now, and it seems like they kind of picked it up and are coming back, you know, had some kinks work out and whatnot. If we could just keep them healthy and not getting sick, we'll be all right.
1: Well, man, uh, Thunder's all—all the Thunder teams, man—they're competitive. Uh, All the Thunder teams are like well coached. I, what I love about Thunder, like about us, you know, I feel like you know, I'm a uh, is there's a million. I don't want to say, you know, name other teams, but there's a lot of Warriors teams and Hawks teams. There's just like too many of them. And I know we want to have as many Thunder teams as possible, but every Thunder team man is so tough and so well coached. Uh, and that, that's just from the baseball and the basketball, you know, aspect. So, I mean, tell me about right. football and volleyball, and then really quick mention uh, signups and clinics and all the things that you guys have going on and are approaching too.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. So right now, I mean, with football being open, um, have uh, we're gonna have a fitting coming up, so we can get kids, get get them fitted in their uniforms and whatnot. Those of who those who have registered, yeah. Obviously, you know, um, I think we have that coming up April thirtieth. Um, again, all our dates and all that are are on the actual site. Yeah, you know, if you visit Newsports dot org, you know, you can find your prospective sport if you want more information on it. Um, so. And then uh, the big volleyball thing we try to do. This will be the second year we try to do this. But uh, with volleyball coming up here in the summer, it's an outdoor four on uh, four versus four league. Um, We do have it open from fifth grade all the way to twelfth grade. So really anybody can join, other than you know the actual coach themselves, but it is open to boys and girls.
1: Tell me about volleyball a little bit. I think it's hard to find good leagues. Volleyball's hard because, you know, one boy could just go, you know, uh, join a baseball team for, like, maybe a girl to go find a group of, uh, you know, volleyball players to play with. You know, do you just kind of sign up and then go from there?
2: Yeah, so so everything's free agent-based, you you know what I mean? So we would try to make the teams – Um. All free agent, you know. Obviously, you may have a group that comes in with, you know, maybe six, six or so already registered on there that want to play with their friends and whatnot. But you know, no matter if you register, it's not like we're going to have you try out and then say, "Oh no, sorry, you don't make the team." It's if you if you register through us, we're going to find you a team yeah. We will play no matter what. Uh,
1: yeah. I'm just reading here stuff that I have um, for boys and girls summer volleyball. The registration's open and it closes. May 13th, so... Uh, yeah. And practice starts the 25th. It all happens kind of quick. So, you know, don't yeah, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, don't be a fool and yeah, exactly. wait. And, you know, like I do, you know, make sure you get all your stuff. Take- <laughs> <laughs> make sure you get all your stuff taken care of because, you know, you got to plan kind of your summer around a lot of this right. stuff. And volleyball is right. one, too, where, you know, you want to, you, know, you don't want to fall behind it. And you, even if you play it for school or another league, this might be another opportunity for you to, you know, get touches and work in when otherwise be the offseason. season. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. You know, to, you know, instead of individually trying to do it out in the backyard with yeah. mom or dad, you know, get out there, you're able to see the different competition levels. At least, you know what I mean, and and, and at the same time, pick up your competitiveness. Yeah, it's, it's the way it works, right? You're only as good as your peers.
1: So. Yeah, for sure. So I'm seeing this Thunder Moms Football Clinic.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. That's so. That's a, that's the a thing that we started a, a few years ago. Um, basically, we tried to market it as a you know. You, you get moms and, I mean, now even, sadly enough, dads nowadays that are like, oh, no, I don't know, it's too dangerous. You know, the whole head injury thing. Yeah. You know, we, we try to, so what we try to do is get moms or, or parents, I mean, we're kind of talking about opening it up to all parents, get them out there and put them through kind of a practice of what their athlete would go through at a typical youth mm. tackle practice, um, you know, to, to get them going on, hey, this is, what coach, this is how coach is taught nowadays. It, we don't teach you put your head in there anymore. That's a big no-no nowadays. Yeah. You know, you can't just be like, hey, get in there, put your head in there. No, it, it's it's more of the the rugby-style tackle where, you know, you, you use your shoulder because really that's, that's where you want to make the biggest impact. I mean, we, we get shoulders, shoulder pads to protect the athlete and protect the guy that you're hitting, you know. Yeah. So it's just proper technique of making sure that we're going to keep the athlete safe, you know.
1: Well, man, I think Thunder's the best, um, and I wish your team the best, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, where can people just, what's the website for people just to go? And then if anyone wants to, like, email you or Kelly or Heath, yeah. anyone, give me, like, an email, throw yeah. email out there.
2: So, I mean, I guess the more general one would be the admin yeah. at littletonusports.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and she will send it to if she, it, whatever they have questions on, then she will send it to the prospective director. You know, whether it be the baseball director, the basketball director, football director, volleyball. She can she can she can probably yeah. handle the question on her own, but it's always she will CC wh- yeah. whatever director. Um, they're looking for as well. Well, I
1: I would just say about Thunder Sports in general, like, you can go sign up anywhere for, like, an $85 league or go to the Y, you know, for little kids, that kind of stuff. But, like, once you're ready for your kid to start playing a More serious brand of sports. I mean, you can call it a competitive level of sports. You know, competitive, I think a lot of people think means like I got to go spend thousands of dollars and my kid's going to be traveling and right, all that kind of right, stuff. Right. I mean, your kid might morph into that kind of stuff, but you, you know, if your kid wants to be competitive and play, you know, uh, baseball, volleyball, football the right way, you got to come through, you know, the, the Thunder organization and, you know, yeah. oh, and, and yeah, play yeah. through the AYL and see what, you know, what it's really like. That's the first step to really kind of take. Making your kids' sports to the next level?
2: No, absolutely, I, absolutely. You know, I, I I think when I first started this, everybody's like, "Oh, it's a step above." No, it's actually three. I would say three steps above.
1: I think it is. What Wreck
2: is for the eighty-five bucks? You know, it's a little bit more organized, and, and, and at the same time, you're not spending thousands of dollars. Yeah. You know, you, depending on what you end up buying, you, you're going to end up. You, you know, there, there's those parents that I want the best. I want the best for my kids. so I'm going to get them the Nike. I'm going to get them the 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 most expensive helmet the most expensive parachutes yeah yeah then it just gets expensive you know what i mean but mm-hmm. at the same time you're not paying those those league fees that you oh, put yeah at the big club levels now there is kids that probably belong up there but you know i mean just
1: they'll find their the way there eventually
2: organization purpose. yeah exactly and that's okay they probably belong up there but you know we're a good i think we're a good medium before all that i think um, so too you, you know what i mean and at the it same is. time it really is i know it i i've I've had teams, you know, I'm also the basketball director, so I've had teams, full teams, come to us from the rec leagues and go, oh, yeah, we blew everybody out. Huh. They get to the AYL, and they, they don't win a game. Yeah. yeah. You know, they they come over and they realize, they're like, oh, what did we just sign ourselves up for? Yeah. But what's awesome about those is they come back the next year and they get better, you know? And and, and I think that's why we're so competitive. because yeah. Teams strive to get better.
1: All right, Carlos, man.
2: Individuals.
1: I appreciate you big time, man. You're, you know, uh, Thunder's lucky to have you. You're, you're a good dude. You're always taking care of us, all that kind of stuff. Uh, go get it done, and we'll have you back on here in a few weeks before all this stuff kind of ends. And that's it, man. Good luck.
2: No, absolutely. Thank you, Dan.
1: Appreciate it, buddy. Bye. Bye. All right, uh, all the Thunder sports. My son plays the Thunder sports leagues, and this is like, you get, you, it's, it's, it's the next level of sports for your kid, you know. So, Kenny from Fatty Bikes, I'm sorry to make you wait. Okay. How are you? I'm doing great, Danny. Happy to be here, man. Man, I'll tell you, I stopped by the warehouse. What do you call it? The showroom, the new showroom. You guys have put so much work in from what it was to what it is now. And the place looks great. The bikes look so good, man. Yeah, the place is
3: okay. It's the bikes that make it look great.
1: Well, you know, both. (laughs) Don't sell yourself short. That part of town is like the next big part of town. So um, we're going to have Kenny come back, hang through the break with us, talk about, for one, there's like some rebate stuff right now that almost crazily seems too good to be true to get you into a fatty bike at like uh, literally a fraction of the price you'd have to pay. And your bikes are pretty competitively priced anyways. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Let the city pay for your bike.
3: So yeah. we'll, we'll tell you more about that. For okay, sure.
1: cool. So let's go to break, come back, so we have a nice, big, long, full segment with Kenny uh, from Fatty Bikes. Uh, go to fattybikes.com on the break. We, you know, it's <laughs> your commercial. Um, you know, the Fatty Bike, why we need to refresh in it. Don't you think it's become like a staple, Jake, that Fatty Bike commercial? I mean, how many people do we have referencing it and joking on it, you know, all the time? Because it's just kind of funny. So, um, well, Fatty's in 420. I mean, that's why we had to have you today. Hey. You know right. so I forgot
3: the day was 420. Oh, so I, mean, did maybe I. I was too high.
1: <laughs> oh, same reason I guess. So and yeah, Kenny would have it been is. here way earlier too, but he got lost on his way. He had to pull over <laughs> and No, uh, no man. Um uh, so we'll be back on their side with Kenny from Fatty Bikes, uh Jake and Danny from Smiley Sports.
2: Club with my gym. I'm So
1: high. let's smoke yeah. not, not take since the last of oh, the that- just been smoking and smoking, Okay, uh, we are back in on a 420 edition of the program. Kenny from Fatty Bikes is here. He usually hangs with a couple segments, but he's busy. Uh, it's a busy dude, so we want to get in as much as we possibly can. Okay, so for one, you know, Mile High Sports loves Fatty Bikes for a long time, man. Like you, we, we think you guys are great. The, the brand is so cool and so unique. We know the level of quality that you guys do, uh, you know, as opposed to some other place, like on a strip mall um, who's selling, you know, um, cheap, uh, bikes from overseas where the guy who's selling you the bike really can't even tell you much about it. Right. So what makes fatty bikes so unique and so special for one? And then we got to talk about this rebate stuff.
3: Yeah. That, that program is huge. So, uh, for those that don't know, fatty bikes, FATTE stands for fat tire electric bikes. We are Denver's first locally born electric bike company. We are one of the only electric bike companies in the country to build our bikes in the USA. And we are one of the most customizable e-bike companies in the world. So more colors, more custom options than anybody. If you want comfortable seats, we've got
1: them, different grips, different colors, you name it. And there's multiple styles of bike. We got to make that clear. It's not just one standard bike. You have a, a, a few different styles of bike to fit. Big dude or like, you know, lady cruiser, Uh, all of the above. There's something for everyone. And, you know, plus they're not cookie cutters.
3: They're not your basic bland black and white options. Yeah. Nobody has to settle with us. And if you're listening to this and you're in Colorado, we build your bikes. They are not coming pre-built, pre-painted overseas. And then we're here for you long after you receive it. But the fact is these things are game changers. You're going to feel like a kid again, you know, and it's amazing. Plus it's, it's a mode of transportation. You can get anywhere, um, pretty much that you, you could in, in some other vehicle.
1: I don't think people understand that. I mean, it's a bike and it has pedals, right? And you can, you know, you can utilize it in that manner, but it's, it's so much more than that. I mean, like when you're on one of these bikes, you can go 25 miles an hour, tune it up, you know, like torque it out. I'm feeling like I'm on a little kind of, you know, mini bike, but also when you're on the Penalosa, Penalosa, I mean, that's like Huntington beach cruiser kicking back, you know, I might have a, you know, a white claw in my hand (laughs) while I'm cruising uh, on this thing, you know, at at a low speed.
3: Yeah. It's awesome.
1: These are like bikes
3: with flux capacitors it is
1: you know they're gonna take it with 1.21 gigawatts exactly exactly. how many gigawatts are in these fatty bikes 1.21 obviously you know
3: but i tell people you're gonna feel like you're 17 (laughs) years old with rocket boosters yeah um and so now uh what's amazing is finally the state is stepping it up they they've really seen the electric bike movement and understand the potential here and that these things can be the ultimate urban commuter You know, we're not saying get rid of all your cars, but maybe reduce to a single car household and use the e-bike as a second form of transportation. And so they're investing more to create safer biking paths and, and biking infrastructure. And then the more people who adopt the bikes, the more... Yeah, um, you know we'll I can imagine over. a
1: better city to provides paths and a place from right here to get to downtown to get to red rocks to get to I mean literally all through paths at well I mean it's it, it's pretty special the way like this city has been yeah. kind of designed and uh to, so there might be someone who would never otherwise in the cold ride their fatty bike to work. Right. But also, there's days like this morning when it's like, you don't want to be in a car. You want to be outside. Right. It's barely not even springtime yet. And, you know, to ride that fatty to work or like use that as what something you and, you know, your, you know, um, uh, girlfriend might be wanting to. Um, due to like you'll change your lifestyle. A- These absolutely. are lifestyle changers, right? You
3: integrate it into your routine. And you know, again, it's not necessarily replacing your car. However, it can be that second mode. And so trips to the grocery store, or we've got a cargo bike. You can take your kid to school yeah. or go to work or, you know, on the days you don't want to ride, fine. Don't ride. But it's there when you want it, whether you're using it as a vehicle or if you just want to get out and explore more, uh, enjoy yourself. So it doesn't matter whether you're 16 or you're 75 years
1: old. What what is the biggest thing that's like a surprise to people with these things or like a misconception? Sure. I'm asking, what what would you you say some of those are? I'll tell you
3: hands down right now if you haven't tried one, but you think you know what it's like, you are wrong. You must try one. And that's when you have this aha moment, like, where has this thing been my whole life? Because at first you're thinking, oh, it's a bike or it's a heavy bike, but no way, man, this thing is a light electric vehicle. So it can change your perspective of what cycling is. It's all the fun of a bike, but you can go uphill effortlessly. So you'll see, uh, you have to try one. And that's one of the big things that we do by being local is we invite people in to do test rides. And, um, you know, at that point, the bike will sell itself for sure. And now, more than ever, is the time to do it because the city of Denver has a huge electric bike rebate going on
1: where they are willing to help pay for your e-bike. Well, I mean, tell me how this works. And some people yeah. are like, well, oh, what do I got to do? Well, uh, you know, uh, what kind of, you know, uh, how do I really initiate this to utilize it and to make it work? Because I for think sure. people, once they do, they're like, why would I not? Go and utilize this opportunity. Dude, the city's paying for it. This is
3: free money to apply towards an electric bike, something you've been thinking about for a while, something your neighbor already has, something you've read about, heard about. And so it's time. This is the opportunity. And so, uh, in fact, if you go to our website right now, there's a pop-up, and immediately that pop will will give you access with more information uh, about the rebate program or denvercitygov.org. Yeah. So essentially, every Denver City resident will automatically qualify for a $400 uh electric bike rebate. Okay. So if that e-bike is worth, let's just say, twenty five hundred dollars, you're paying twenty one hundred dollars yeah. for it. And then better still, if you get an electric cargo bike, uh, which we have, of course, then they're gonna give you an additional five hundred dollars off. So you'll save nine hundred dollars yeah. off a cargo bike. It's insane. Yeah. Um, you know, and then for income qualified individuals, you're gonna save twelve hundred dollars plus 500 on a cargo bike. So it's it's like amazing.
1: That's $1700 is, if I run my numbers correctly.
3: It, you're you're pretty quick. Yeah. And so huge. Plus, hey man, I'm on the show and we love to show love for any of the listeners. And so if you come in and you say, "Hey, we heard you on Mile High Sports or Danny sent us," then we're going to throw in another $100 off. Okay. So at a minimum, you're saving $500 off a single electric bike purchase. Yeah. Um or upwards of $1800. That's just crazy. Take advantage.
1: We have a listener who just hit me up this last week. They he lives in the Stapleton area. Um, he wants one for him and for his um, wife, and they want to, you know, they want to rock them. That area over there is perfect for for bikes like yours. Oh yeah, and um, I just kind of think that no matter where you are and kind of who you are, they once you're on one, you're like it's. I think it's it's. I like how you've said a couple of times. It's a game changer. Cause yeah. it is, it's, it they're is. great. They're so cool. And you know what? I think too, they're ex- um, expensive in the sense of, you know, something that's cheap, like a regular bike, but also not only is it like in, in a lot of ways an investment, I think they're valuable. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I like, I, I think they're very, very valuable. And again, like it, the, the quality of the bike say you have to move to, and you can't take it with you type of stuff. I mean, your fatty bikes worth a lot of money.
3: Yeah. Well, hey, can you put a price on joy and, and true happiness? And it's rare, very rare that objects give you joy, but these things do it on a daily basis. Your 100th ride is just as amazing as your first. Yeah. And that's why I say if you haven't tried one, then you have to come down to fatty bikes and do that. If you have tried one, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So you have to come down to fatty bikes and buy one. Now's the time. The city will show you love. Plus, hey, man, if you don't live in the city of Denver, we'll still offer you that $100 discount for listening to the station. And it's still very much worth the investment. Absolutely.
1: Uh, Talk about some of the little souped up things you can add on to your bike to just, you know, take it to the next.
3: Um, Look, man, you don't have to have the same bike as the person next to you. You could probably make 10,000 plus different combinations with what we do. Uh, We powder coat paint our bikes. Uh, and build our bikes right there under one roof and so have it your way you design the bike of your dreams we'll bring it to life and you can change handlebars grips seats you can go for a single headlight or dual headlights or taillights or brake lights uh, tire liners we have anti-theft gps devices um, different range batteries essentially if you've built a bike through fatty bikes trust me you cannot find that same bike anywhere else in the world
1: how about the range of the ride the range and around. the battery, and what you know your bike actually is capable of doing uh, when you're ready to go at you know six thirty or seven a.m. on a weekend morning. For sure, yeah, man, I, I can go from our
3: shop in Denver and get up to Boulder on a single charge. Okay, and I won't be sweating either. Yeah. So you know, personally, I don't typically ride that far. I go two to ten to twenty miles, or usually it's more like two or three four miles. Um, but I do it really fast. Yeah. And so. The, you know, it depends on the battery you get. Most people are going to get 30, 40, 50 plus miles. Yeah. And just like me, most people don't ride that distance. They live and work within a certain parameter. And then for those longer trips, don't worry. The bike's got you. It's going to take you places. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, In about a minute and a half, any last was well, fattybikes.com f-a-t-t-e you know bikes.com right your website's great it's always it's always been even like you guys got a new one i don't know when you get that little facelift on it but i mean like even the old one was great the polished gives you all like the options These it shows you all the things you can really do i don't think people don't really understand like man you can get a purple uh bike with that purple powder coat mm-hmm. with a black basket mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and you know just make it any way you want it, like you guys made that bike for John Elway. Tell me about that real quick.
3: Yeah, John's got, guess what, an orange and blue bike, of Sweet. course, fatty bike, a Sergeant Mingo model, and then for his wife, a Londonderry model. And, uh, you know, he's just one name on the list that's growing, which is pretty awesome for us. Yeah. But, um, you know, he rode away
1: like, you know, I his saw the video of John. <laughs> I saw, so there, do you know what's funny? There is a, a, it's a video, it's like a almost a meme video of John. He's in some city. And he's riding a scooter and you see someone has the camera and you see him coming just by like this and he's riding. It's John L.A. and he's got a big smile on his face. Well, you have almost an identical video of him on a fatty bike going down like what Cherry Hills Street, Um, 10 Cherry Hills Drive. What is it? That's where uh, Russell Wilson just bought his new 25 million. It's like 10 Cherry Hills Drive. Circle way, whatever. uh Where John, you have the same video where John just cruising his fatty bike with like the wind in his now gray hair. Oh man, and it's yeah. it's awesome. He's like having the time of his life.
3: Absolutely. Well, hey, you know that was for his sixtieth birthday, but you know, Russell, we take care of the young folks too, man. If you want a gold, a chrome gold, bling fat out, al- fatty bikes, dude, we could do it. We got to get
1: Russell Wilson a fatty bike.
3: Hit me up. You know, and we can pretty much create anything. You can change your pedals or your your colors or whatever it may be. And so it's it's limitless. But first, you know, take advantage of the rebate if you're in the city of Denver. Go how to long, how long does
1: this last until
3: until the money's out. And really I can tell you right now it's not even live yet and our phone is blowing up. Okay. Um, so plus, hey guys, we're heading into our busy season. So now it's a time to kind of get in the queue, but supposedly it goes live on the 22nd where you can apply for your voucher. You get your voucher, you bring it into the shop and then you qualify for the credit just like that. That's it. Boom. Um, it, that amount is, is reduced off the sale price of the bike. And so it's really easy. It's simple. Um, exactly. So fattybikes.com, F-A-T-T-E bikes.com, or give us a call at 720-440-2971. Uh, you've got to try these things. We are your hometown electric bike company.
1: Okay, man, I appreciate it. Let's um, get you back in a couple of weeks so people could take advantage of, of this. I think it's great. And if you've been thinking about it anyway, well, this is the the nudge that you kind of needed. People might be getting some of their tax money back and i'll tell you man don't you know use it on uh you know 15 dollar margaritas and you know the the, i'm just saying make it count yeah make it count you know take care of yourself and fatty bikes are so cool man i love them so uh kenny thanks victoria's awesome you guys are great um mention us yeah give them a call tell them you want to come down and check it out um I mean, they're flexible. You go; they'll pull a bike right out in front. You can yeah. go take a look in the warehouse and see everything they got in their cool showroom. That's kind of developing into something pretty sweet. Absolutely, do
3: it. Get another hundred bucks off, man. I could save you a thousand dollars on a cargo bike, just like that. It's insane. Okay,
1: yeah. do it, Kenny. Man, thanks. Appreciate you coming in here awesome, on a 420. Man. Enjoy your 420. However you enjoy 420s, you know. Yeah. I'm not implying anything. We're not either, you know, at all. But uh, well, we <laughs> we have a dude uh, who works for us who goes to school in Boulder, so he was like. This is the Mecca. <laughs> this is the epicenter. So I'm gonna ride my fatty bike all the way to uh, Boulder and probably party today on it. So
3: Or get lost along the way. There
1: we go. Uh Kenny for Fatty Bikes. Fatty Bikes is the best. We appreciate you guys, man. Uh Jake and Danny back on their side of Smiley Sports. It's
4: cut off in the that you had never gone before.
2: Like a I'm just to get the ultimate high,
1: baby. The ultimate high. Excuse me, we are back in on sky. a roleplay Wednesday edition of the program, 303 1340 the hotline and the text line. We got our guy ready to go. Let's go out to the hotline and get our guy, David Martin, who I think is long been one of the best Rockies guys in the whole game because he, like, you are you there, David? I am here. I mean, you got, like, a fresh perspective. You kind of keep it real. I mean, like, you care about this team. You want them to have success, but you're not, like, uh, You know, some guys will never say a bad word about the Rockies. You know, Gil always said about, um, Gil always said that uh, Drew Goodman wouldn't say the word poop if he had a mouth full of it. (laughs) But, but, um, you know, man, David, I love your perspective on the Rockies and they're eight and three. Thought we had to have you. How are you, buddy?
0: I'm doing well. It's good. It's always good to talk to you, Danny. Thanks for having me on.
1: I had cello on this morning because it's his birthday today.
0: Oh that's right. I forgot that. Yeah. Happy birthday to him if he's still listening. Miss yeah. you guys.
1: Yeah, man. Miss you too. So how <laughs> how's life treating you? How's your family? Good.
0: Good. Growing bigger and crazy. Yeah. It goes by it goes by fast. Everybody says it, but it's true.
1: It does go by fast. So how have the Rockies got to 8 and 3 for one? Um want to talk about CJ Krohn a little bit and then how you know, is this sustainable?
0: Sure. So to answer the last question, no, it's not sustainable. <laughs> um, now, that said, I here's the problem with, with Major League Baseball, is just like the Nuggets were before Jokic was around, it, it, no one thinks of the Rockies. And they've earned that reputation between ownership, management, uh, lack of ever making postseason pushes with the exception of a few years. They've earned that reputation of kind of being the flyover city. But what happens with that, too, is all the national guys don't pay any attention to the Rockies. So as much as they might be experts, and there are trust me, there are some experts out there, but they forget about guys like C.J. Krohn. Um, you know, C.J. Krohn isn't necessarily an all-star type of player, yeah. but he's also not an, he's not an average player. He, and he can come in and change games with one swing of a bat, but because he's been in Colorado the last couple of years, People just forget he exists. Yeah. And so it's, it's easy to look at the Rockies and look at the division they play in and say, oh, they're going to lose 97, 98 games, when the reality of it is this team's not as bad as what these national pundits say. Um, and, and like I said, the Rockies have earned that reputation. Mm-hmm. But when push comes to shove, if you want to actually look at this baseball team, their pitching is actually pretty good. Their bullpen's better than it was last year. There's still some holes there, don't get me wrong. But the starting five are are going to be pretty good pitchers. Um, I know Kyle Freeland started on, on opening day, but if he's your fourth starter, which is really how it breaks down, yeah. then you're not in a bad situation. And you have a bunch of guys who aren't afraid to pitch at Coors Field, which is half of the battle. I think Coors Field is more the mental side of the game than than anything because it is tough to pitch there but you've seen so many guys just mentally fold and then it gets even worse and i think you actually have three guys in that starting rotation who aren't intimidated by it yeah and if you have that with some guys who can hit they're going to they're going to win more games than the analysts predicted them to
1: okay so bud blackman i think he's a really good manager is he
0: yeah I I have my complaints about Bud Black, but I think if you watch any manager over the course of 162 games, you're going to see some things that um, are pitfalls in the way they handle things. I think Bud Black's best characteristic is that he inspires confidence, mentally. I think he is a very good pitching coach. Obviously, that's what he was before he was a manager, and I think he handles pitchers extremely well. That's that's what you need for a team that plays 81 games at Coors Field. You need a guy who can shrug off bad outings, who can make it where it's not the end of the world when somebody struggles. Yeah. Um, and and really inspire a team to just go out and, and see it like a marathon. I know that is as cliche as it gets, but to not get caught up in uh, a bad few games or, or something like that, I think he does a good job of inspiring confidence. Um my, my criticisms of him are that he I think he doesn't handle young players all that well, especially on the hitting side. I think he sits guys on the bench for three or four games and then expects them to go out and be able to get a hit. And I, yeah. don't, I don't think that's necessarily the best way to handle it. But like I said, I mean, when you're talking about the history of managers in Colorado um, – you know, I think I think Clint Hurdle is your top guy because he took him to a World Series, yeah. whether it was it was him or not. But Bud Black is, is second, and everybody else is so far and away, not even close to those guys.
1: You know, what I love about baseball, and I said it earlier in the show, you know, CJ Cronin was 32 years old, and people, you know, around here probably think he's like 24 or 26 years old, you know. Um, it, his story is so unique and a cool one. You can't have a dude um, just kind of f- find his way as a 32 year old uh NFL player, you know, you, or like a thirty-year-old NBA guy, it just doesn't happen. So, like the CJ Crone kind of story is, a, a, it's a cool one. It's unique, and I mean, his numbers last year were almost like Arenado-like. You know, so um, what do you think about that?
0: Yeah, and and like I said, Crone is a guy who's not going to get a ton of respect because they've forgotten about him, and he had two injury-plagued seasons prior to coming here, Yeah, so he's really been off the radar. But he was a guy who, when he was at the Angels, was a guy everybody thought could be the next big deal. And honestly, his career mirrors a little bit of another guy who's here named Charlie Blackman. Mm. You know, if you remember, Blackman was... He, he bounced between AAA and the yep. big leagues for three years before he really oh, yeah. put a, got a foothold in here. And and I don't think his full first full season with the Rockies was yeah. until, I think he was 28, maybe 27, 28 years old. And to, to your point, I don't see Paxton Lynch making an NFL <laughs> comeback anytime soon. No. Um, yeah, you know, another you know, guy you, know, made,
1: you made me think of his Cargo. Cargo went from what, the A's to the Diamondbacks to finally the Rockies. And, you know, he was an older guy who finally figured, I mean, older in the sense of like 26, 27 years old, but before, you know, stardom kind of came.
0: Yeah, had a couple cups of coffee with a couple different teams yeah. and then found his way. And baseball's funny like that because I, I do think it's about finding the right setting for a guy. I think. Certain teams aren't aren't a fit for certain guys, and I think, you know, a guy like Cargo could just let himself go at Coors Field and just understand. All right, my my swing plays really well to Coors Field, and he could just kind of forget everything he'd been thinking about. Obviously, I'm putting myself into his mind a little bit, but I think I think a guy like Cargo was the perfect fit for Coors Field and for the Rockies. I. He was as athletic as he as it gets, but yeah. I think for a lot of other teams, he's a really good player. Whereas for the Rockies, he's one of their all time greats when you really look back at his career. And, yeah. and again, if he would have stayed, if he would have been able to stay healthy, um, it's a different story in a in a bunch of those years.
1: All right, man, Uh, David, it's, you know, it's you're great. We should always have you on more if you're, you know, I'll bug you next week. We'll bug you as long as these guys matter and are relevant. Of course, we'd like to see them kind of turn the corner and, you know, uh, you know, those firework games be meaningful. You know, that's kind of the point where, you know, I have no return, I guess. So I'd say last season they were a lot more competitive than everybody thought. And yep. a team that kind of has nothing to lose, you know. I said, and I'll, I'll let you go on this. That I don't know at what point in the season do our other teams, re, you know, who were three and eight and not eight and three, realizing like, hey, this isn't going the way we thought. I don't know if there's a. Uh, a uh, Cindergaard or a Strowman or a Cole Hamels or a Grinky or a guy like that for us to go get, but you really want to, you know, show people you're in it to win it, then you know the first sign of a team ready to have a garage sale or a file a fire sale, go grab a guy and, you know, try to bolster this rotation and show everybody that you're serious about, you know, contending.
0: If if for no other reason than fans need to see it, and I know they signed Chris Bryant, but after um, unloading Nolan Arenado and maybe the worst trade in the history of baseball, and then not even um, trying with Trevor story, you know, two guys who really were the face of the franchise, it would go a long way for fans to see them be first off, be in a place in the standings where they can make that move. And second to actually go make that move and say, all right, maybe we're wrong about this ownership group. Maybe they want to win and they're just trying to struggle their way through how to figure out how to do it. I think it'd go a long way for fans.
1: All right, David man, what's your Twitter?
0: Uh, it's at Rockies
1: Review. All right, man, you're the best, David Martin. Appreciate you, buddy. You're one of the best Rockies guys in the whole game, I think.
0: Thanks for having me on, Danny. Appreciate it.
1: Sure. Thanks. Bye. Uh, David Martin at Review dot com. You know, he's done a lot of stuff for everybody's. You know, uh, wrote for Woody, wrote for us, for himself. He's done a lot of good stuff. He's one. Of, he's a really good dude. So, uh, one final segment worth of show left. Let's finish strong before we get out of here. Are you strong, Jake? Because no, I'm strong. strong. Well, then, you hey, we strong, strong there. Strong. I said we strong, Alright, All right. Uh, Danny and Jake, Smiley Sports. I've been in smoke. That's where my money goes. Back in In final segment of a 420 edition of the program. 303-831-1340 is the hotline and the text line. Time for you to get in here. We got three or four things here we want to get to. um, Such as Debo Samuel asking for a trade. I think he's realized they're not going to give him the kind of money he thinks he deserves. And his agent is telling him upon a trade. You'll get that new contract that will potentially be historic in nature. Um, He is one of the hottest players in the NFL. His stock is through the roof. The 49ers could go command two first round picks plus, you know, plus more for the guy. And sometimes, you know, you just realize, hey, we won't be we don't think this guy, you know, the he might kind of be overrated. I mean, again, he's running the ball. He's catching the ball. I, he he is very unique and very special. Don't get me, you know, don't get me wrong. But I don't know. I might, to give a, make a guy the highest paid player at a position in NFL history, you have to have done a little bit more than that. And Debo Samuel is a personal friend. Again, he came to JJ's basketball game uh, last season, and I'm being serious about it because he's friends with Emmanuel. See, uh, Emmanuel's Debo- like, this is Debo
4: Samuel. I was like... Oh, hey, Mr. D- uh, Debo, sir. Oh, thanks for coming out to the game. See, Debo, I don't think, expects to be the highest paid wide receiver uh, in the entire National Football League. I think he wants to be up there. Then I why th- wouldn't the 49ers just take care of a guy then? Because I don't think they can afford it. Oh,
1: what, what do you mean? Why? they're The guy they're I paying. Don't I don't the, know Garoppolo's what their moving. situation is. They're paying their quarterback close to nothing because he's a first-round pick. Uh, you know, Garoppolo's my, my- not leaving. Uh, he probably ends up somewhere else. Maybe midseason.
4: Mm, I'd say before the start of the season. I doubt it. Really? He's going to stay. He's going to play the first six games, and he'll probably get traded midseason. Okay, what else? Um, A.J. Brown and um, Terry McLaurin. another couple of receivers who are looking to get paid. They've said they're not going to participate in organized team activities. uh, A.J.
1: Brown's got a lot of leverage because, you know, know, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones is on the street. I mean, that didn't really work out they're still think they're competing for contending for a championship. He's over the last couple of years has been one of the three or four biggest reasons next to Derrick Henry why they've had so much success. He needs to be paid. And then McLaren as well. That freaking guy's been a star no matter what loser's been throwing him the ball. Hanneke, Alex Smith, uh H- Haskins, rest in peace, sorry, I didn't mean it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And has been
4: Fitz- great Patrick. You know, all the Oh,
1: Fitzmagic. All the guys He's, he's been played with. McLaurin he's, deserves to get paid there. He's actually kind of an icon there. And for a, a franchise that has nothing going for themselves, really, other than, you know, a head coach who people respect, he's their only player who anyone has any respect for, I'd say. you better pay that guy.
4: Yeah, McLaurin is, is special. And he's really uh, going to be important if they want to have any chance of doing anything next year. We'll see what they do with Carson Wentz. They got a Carson Wentz is just another bum, mm-hmm. but we'll see if he can kind of, you know, revitalize his career in Washington. But Terry McLaurin's going to have to be a big part of that if if they want to do so.
1: All right, I'm uh, going to set something up here. Uh, Bobby Wagner was on Rich Eisen. Okay, Bobby Wagner was on Rich Eisen. And to set it up here, Rich Eisen asked him about Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson's like the departure and then Russell Wilson called him to try to come to Denver? I just thought this was kind of interesting. So it's about one minute. Try to stay with me and listen here. Go, Jake. And Russ departs to go to Denver. Did you get any heads up about that? Or you just learned about that too? Well, no, I knew about it. The
2: funny thing was, um, you know, he actually called me uh a few days before or maybe even a week before and just you know asked me what, what was my thoughts about about uh, going there and I was just like I, I don't I don't have any thoughts like my, my heart is in Seattle so I ain't, I ain't really went that far and so I knew that it was it was really close for him to call me and, and kind of to ask me a question like that I specific felt like
1: to
3: going to Denver, Denver or a specific yeah, location?
2: specifically
3: and that happened in like February or something like Uh that?
2: No, it that happened like I'm not sure the exact time, but it happened before uh, before it happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew I knew there was a chance that that was going to happen. So um, I was just like, "Okay, well, he's probably leaving. Yes. So,
1: <laughs> he's probably leaving. So uh, right. I should
4: probably get prepared for sure." Right.
1: I, I don't know why I love that so much. It was funny though, right?
4: Yeah, and then you got the sad music in the background. <laughs>
1: yeah, for one, it tells you that the Broncos were working on Russell Wilson for some time. It might make you immediately think that they were waiting on Aaron Rodgers, first and foremost. And there's a thought that that could very well be the case. But I'd say the Broncos have been laying the groundwork down on Russell Wilson since last year. We just heard about the Matt Stafford and Russell and Aaron Rodgers stuff. But again, you just kind of heard that, that thing, this wasn't an overnight thing. This was a, you know, George Payton and the Broncos and their team putting in a lot of work over a lot of period of time. And do you know what? We said it, man. And, you know, no one ever believed me when I say this right now. But during the season when they're down and the Seahawks are like, look like they're in the tank and Russell Wilson was hurt. I I just remember it clear as day saying, this is the time I call now. Because he's down mentally. He's down. Their team is down. They got nothing going for themselves. I'm laying the groundwork down right, right now on Russell Wilson. And actually, we thought at the time he would be out longer than the three weeks he had um, on that hand injury. And that's it, man. So I think it's true. I think the Broncos were working on Russell Wilson for a year plus. Laying the groundwork down, telling them, you're the guy. Um, you know, we we are are we're going to add a franchise quarterback and we're going to win a Super Bowl. And we want it to be you. So when Russell's hearing about some Bronco stuff and uh, or, or some stuff with their Aaron Rodgers and, you know, some other cousin stuff, he knows that George Payton's, you know, they've been texting him, been hitting him, been working with his agent, been trying to get this thing, you know, maybe asking him about some things, some, you know, about asking about the way he likes certain things, certain players, certain, uh, ideolo- uh, you know, ideal, ideologies, 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 no, ideologies. Andrew, help us. Ideologies? Ideologies. Ideologies. We had it. Yeah, we were fine. Yeah, we knew it. And never mind, Andrew. Um, <laughs> Andrew, smart. Yeah, he is. That's why I was going to him for that. Um, so that's it. That's the I whole think, show. What, what, what else? Uh, I
4: was going to say, I thought it was very interesting that Russ reached out to Bobby Wagner and trying to recruit him to Denver with him. And ask him his thoughts on Denver in general. Right. I mean, interesting, right? That's before the deal even happened. Yes. So, you know, Russ was probably weighing his options. And um, if he knew that Bobby was you know, still committed to Seattle. Then... <laughs> Do you know
1: what also it tells me? And we knew Russell was in full control of where he wanted to go and where he wanted to play. And the Seahawks had zero leverage other than having to take a competitive offer in return for him because he, they knew he wasn't going to play for them anyways okay so for anyone who's like oh, why would the Seahawks just trade him with the Broncos why wouldn't they trade with the Giants for those two first round picks or you know that they have because anyone gonna play with the freaking loser Giants Who wants to come to the Broncos and win a world championship this one's for Ross dang kind of has a ring to it alright good for you bud uh, for Jake Meyer Andrew and Anilo are next I am Danny Williams we had five guests today we had five guests nailed it Promised you four, gave you five. Not, not, three, two, not three, not, not four, four, five. Not five. Hey, uh, appreciate you guys and love you guys. Good night, Sheila. Good night.
3: Good night. Thank you, Sheila.
4: Bye, Terry. Bye,
3: Sheila. I'll never forget tonight. Bye, Terry. All right, Alan. Whatever. Go inside. Bye, Sheila. See you, see you, Terry. Bye, Sheila. I don't know if you heard me. Bye, Terry. Bye,